18th century French philosopher Diderot lived nearly his entire life in somewhat poverty. But one day, that all changed. In 1765, Diderot's daughter was engaged to be married, but he could not afford to provide her with a dowry. The Empress of Russia, Catherine the Great, heard of Diderot's troubles and offered to buy his entire library of books, including encyclopedias that he had written, for £1,000, which was a lot of money. A lucky sale indeed, it suddenly turned Diderot's financial misfortunes around. His daughter got happily married and he even had some money left over to spare. But then one day, Diderot went shopping and bought himself a new scarlet robe. And that's where everything started to go wrong. I'm Lachlan Nicholson, and you're listening to Mind Over Money, presented by Waymaker. G'day, Lachlan. G'day, Archie. So, what went wrong with Diderot? And apologies, we will butcher his name because we're not French. We're Aussies. <laughs> yeah, Aussies, we butcher everything uh, when it comes to language. Yeah, well, hopefully listeners didn't skip the uh, intro because I began a story of the French philosopher, Denis Diderot, if that's how you pronounce his name. Um, Diderot. With the silent T. <laughs> Yeah, who he, he experienced a windfall and then a downfall in his finances uh, and his happiness after he purchased a scarlet robe. So, let, yeah, let's pick back up the story and that will lead us into today's discussion. So Diderot's new scarlet robe, it was beautiful, so they say. It was so beautiful that he immediately noticed how out of place it seemed with everything that was surrounded um, by his everyday, you know, common possessions that he'd grown accustomed to. So in his own words, he says that there was no more unity, no more beauty between his robe and the rest of his items in his home. So what did he do? He went on a shopping spree. <laughs> Sounds like us today. And he started urgently trying to find things to match the beauty of his robe. So he started decorating his home with sculptures, new kitchen fittings, uh, he bought some luxurious rug from Syria. I think it was from Damascus. Uh, he bought a new mirror above his mantle. He even replaced his straw chair with a leather chair, which sounds quite expensive, I'd imagine. And what followed was a, a series of frustrations for Diderot. He struggled to find fulfillment and happiness in the more things that he acquired. Not to mention, he was dwindling all his money. Uh, remember, he, he had a one-time purchase of his library, so it was only a, a fixed amount of money, and he was obviously burning through that cash pretty quickly. So later in his life, he reflected, um, and because he's a writer, he wrote this famous essay, which we now call, well, know as the Diderot effect, which is really a phenomenon that can be boiled down to this. New things don't always make us happy. So Diderot found out that by buying something new, it turned into a spiral effect where he ended up acquiring more new things and those new things didn't actually make him happy or fulfilled Yeah, because he just kept on buying more and more to try and uh, get that beauty back or that, that sense of um, connection that he had before with his everyday items. Yeah, I think that's the moral of the story. Mm. And and remember, Diderot was 52 years old when this happened. So, you know, just age and experience doesn't ex exempt us from this. I think why the story or the principle is still relevant today is that his purchases were, were reactive and we too can be reactive in our financial decisions. It's actually easy for us to have one purchase set off a sort of chain reaction of other purchases. 
Uh, hmm. For example, you know, we buy a new couch and then suddenly we want to start upgrading everything else in the living room or even the house to match that new couch. Maybe it's a new rug, maybe some expensive throw pillows, a new lamp. Um, I had an example of this myself. I, I bought a new puppy. Uh, well, it wasn't a new puppy. It was just a puppy. And, uh, and now I find myself buying all kinds of puppy gear and accessories, probably more than the dog needs to survive, let's be honest. Uh, so I, I noticed this with a friend as well who joined uh, a kind of high-end gym. Uh, he started buying all this expensive gym stuff like clothes, uh, muscle rollers, all kinds of powders not sure if they were legal but uh you know and even gym gear which was strange because i thought the whole point of paying to go to a gym is that you use their gear so <laughs> but it, you know it can be the same for anything so actually why do we do this <laughs> why do we why do one purchases tend to lead to more and just you know send us into the spiral yeah well we can probably say that we all do it um you know i i, I put it in an orchard uh, next thing you got to fence it, you got to buy all, all sorts of netting and all sorts of things. So, uh, yeah, you start <laughs> on one thing and it just keeps on going. Um, so, so yeah. yeah. Um, so probably the thing here is, you know, what we focus on is, is what we get. And, you know, so, so if we focus on a new car, we, uh, that's, that's what we're going to end up with, uh, because that's where we're putting our focus. And, and of course, you know, with the new car, uh, comes all the other things that we find ourselves thinking about as well. So, yeah. So, so it, it happens to all of us. All of us have this tendency, uh, which is what Diderot was pointing out. So how do we, uh, how do we change our mindsets? You know, this is what this podcast is all about. How do we, how do we change our mindsets to, to keep the important things, the important things. And so we don't get sidetracked and, and start going down this path of, you know, endless consumption. Well, we've got um, yeah, a few lessons here. One of them is to reduce our exposure to triggers. So for Diderot, mm. the scarlet robe was the trigger. And mm. for us, it can be emails, you know, selling us products uh, or the salesperson. You know, we go window shopping and we've got a salesperson suddenly selling to us. Uh, we've got all the ads that come up on Instagram and YouTube and uh, mm. you know, like I, just this morning, I was watching a video on Warren Buffett and, you know, there's all these ad, ads attached to it. Like you can be, you know, rich and wealthy and you can have all this stuff and, <laughs> you know, some guy in a jet plane going, you can have a jet plane and, and nothing to do with Warren Buffett at all. Uh, but you know, there's a million ads around it, uh, because, you know, this <laughs> you know, they're, they're just making out that Warren's this rich dude that you can become a rich dude as well. And. Yeah, crazy stuff. So, yeah. so the things we want to watch out for here is like, yeah, maybe it's buying a new dress that leads to a new handbag and new shoes, or it could be buying a new barbecue that leads to a new barbecue set, barbecue gloves, barbecue chair, barbecue table, and then a whole new patio because that's what us guys <laughs> like to do. <laughs> Which we redrew on the home loan to build. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like on the point about sales, you know, there's always another sale. Um, yeah. I think I was checking. Yep. My wife the other day said, have we ever walked in the spotlight and there's not a sale? <laughs> so yeah. There's always another sale. So, yeah, we, we do have a lot of uh, triggers um, all around us, yeah, that we just need to be mindful yeah. of. And if we can, just reduce our exposure to them. Seventy percent of retail sales occur at Christmas time. Seventy mm, percent for the whole year occur at Christmas time. So that's how big an effect 
that's how big an effect Christmas has. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's about, I think it's nine weeks to Christmas as we record this um, in sort of end of October. So yeah. great time yep. to be um, putting the word out. Just keep keep an eye out this this Christmas. Uh, that's going to be a lot of triggers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, what, what we're saying here is, is we're not against consumption, rather. We're just saying we want to try and stay clear of overconsumption. Yeah. There's a lot of good things that we do and have, and it's just watching out for those triggers there. So the second thing is to set limits. Uh, again, mm. you get what you focus on. So if we um, you know, set a limit on what we're going to spend on particular items, uh, like my wife and I, you know, Trish, we, we've never spent more than $1,000 on a TV. Yeah. And that's because we've set a limit and, you know, we, we're, we're happy with whatever TV we have. Uh, but that's setting those limits. Um, you know, it could be, yeah. you know, buying quality instead of buying cheap stuff uh, because you want stuff to really last. Uh, so, you know, that could go for clothes or shoes or so many different items, you know, depending on what you're, what you're looking at there. And uh, so constraints give us freedom because it actually makes it easy to find things and buy things when you know what the limit is. Yeah. And and it does make us happy. There's a great joy that comes with setting a limit and starting to save towards something. Say it's a pair of shoes and then mm. all of a sudden you, you start, you know, looking for good quality pair of shoes that fits the budget. So mm. you're not so much chasing the sale, rather... You're actually mm. chasing what is that right, you know, pair of shoes going to be that's going to last and, and, and fit within my my set limit, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it can also be, now that we're talking shoes, it could be that you need a special type of shoe to fix knee problems or hip problems mm. or that. Yeah. So, you know, again, it's it's buying what's appropriate for your situation and, you know, steering clear of debt, debt and credit because debt and credit, makes it feel limitless uh, mm. when it's not. And, you know, and yeah. that, can, that can be another one of those triggers for us where we spend beyond what we want to spend um, if we do it through credit. So, so we sort of want to avoid that trigger as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So setting constraints is, is our friend. It, it really, it keeps, it brings freedom into our life because it keeps our mm. life in balance. And so we can enjoy yep. what we have and what we're working towards and not let yeah. things get out of balance or not get ahead of ourselves like uh, Dennis did, Dennis Dietering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it pays just to walk away as well. And, uh, and then you find by the next day you go, yeah, I really do want that. Or no, I don't. Like, I really yeah. don't need it. If you give yourself enough time, yeah, you can make a better decision as well. Yeah, so true. Uh, around around purchases. Is that why the car guy never wants you to leave the showroom? Oh, <laughs> <Just> yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> please sit down here. I'm just going to chain you to the floor. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what's number three? Buy items that fit your cash flow system. So buying homes or cars or, you know, these just examples that don't fit with our cash flow system uh, can really put us under a lot of pressure. Mm. So, you know, if we're looking at buying a home, uh, we, we want to look at what we can actually afford and what's what's going to be good for us in, in line with all our other, you know, financial needs. And that's where the cash mm. flow system really helps us to manage that. So we know how much money we have. We know what we can do. Uh, we know what the costs are going to be. And yeah. that, that, that makes communication with our spouse or partner 
uh, a lot easier because we can actually communicate over these things because we've got a cash flow system. And yep. and you can actually work things out and get to that place where you have peace and you have joy and you can make a really good decision. We find a lot of benefits there. And it's like with the house example, say you can afford a three-bedroom, but you stretch and go to a fourth-bedroom home. It's not just the extra money and the interest that you're paying to service the loan. It's the cost. You've got to furnish that. You'll, you probably will furnish that fourth bedroom. There's more heating and electrical costs. But then also mm. the money that gets chewed up there, that's money which you mm. maybe otherwise could have invested or could have gone to other things in your life. Again, it's about what we're doing with our cash flow today. Uh, what yeah. can we actually do now with our cash flow? Because it's not just about what do we spend, but it's also about what can we invest? What can we do now to put us in a greater, better position yeah. in the future? Yeah. It, it's yeah. like we were pointing out in last week's podcast is you can actually break things down uh, at times into percentages. And so mm. you say, you know, if, if this is the cost of the home, then it's going to be a percentage, you know, to actually maintain that home and look after that home. And percentage of your, you know, of the cost of that home is going to be spent on furniture and stuff. You can actually work out your budget and your cash flow and how much it's actually going to cost, and yeah. uh, f- just find yourself in a really great position where you don't have buyer's remorse. You get to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Diderot had buyer's remorse <laughs> from yeah, think, from what we've been think- reading about him. Yeah, I think you did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now that's cool. So that so three things just to recap those. We re- we can reduce our exposure to triggers. We can set really good limits that help us focus on the on the right things and to be mindful of what we buy. We're actually buying things that fit within our cash flow system, fit within our current, you know, real lifestyle and what we can do with our cash flow. Hmm. Yeah. I love those really simple things that we can do to help us steer clear of this overconsumption uh, world that we mm. live in um, and really just enjoy what we have um, and put make the important things important. And so if that's financial freedom, um, that's, you know, generosity and joy, we want to put those things first, um, mm. not, uh, not acquiring possessions endlessly. So what's, what would be today's closing thought, Archie? So the Diderot effect is really teaching us to enjoy what we have and to be mm. mindful of what we're going to purchase. And is mm. that purchase going to actually really help us or can it potentially hinder us in the future there? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it applies to cars, houses, clothes, kids. As we said before, there's nothing wrong with having new things. It's just making sure that we're actually get, going to get to enjoy those new things. So, so yeah, we're all, we're all going to need to buy new things. Um, but yeah, let's, let's just make sure that we're getting to enjoy them. Yeah. So good. I love that. Well, that's all we have time for today. I think we'll, we'll end it there. That was fantastic. Great discussion. And, uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, if you're enjoying this podcast, leave us a rating or review wherever you get, wherever you get this. Thanks Archie. Thanks Lachlan. And just a reminder, you know, this podcast is all about education purposes only. Uh, it doesn't consider your personal financial goals or situation. So if you do want personal advice around your financial situation, head over to the waymakerpodcast.com.au uh, and click get financial help and we can put you in contact with one of our wealth partners who are qualified to provide personal financial advice. Awesome, guys. Have a great week.